Hello and welcome to Be That Podcast with myself, Sean Horn. I am delighted today to be joined by the fabulous, I want to call you Debbie X. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Debbie, well, welcome. I really appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Um, we've had such good fun with Bebel. The first series was amazing, so I'm so delighted to get you on to the second series. And um, we're in unusual times, so it's an unusual. But do you know what? It's so nice to be able to actually interview people wherever on Zoom. That's the yeah. I have to yeah. Like I have to say that like when this first started, and like I was doing a few meetings over Zoom, and I was so like anxious about it and apprehensive. But in actual fact, like I've come quite accustomed to it that I def it's definitely something down the line I will continue to do. Do you know that type of way? Um, which I, I never so. thought I would. Yeah, I think actually it makes, hopefully will give us more time mm -hmm. long term and we might go back hopefully working a little bit smarter and a little bit less. Definitely. And like even just to interact with people maybe from like different areas that you wouldn't have an opportunity to hook up or meet for coffee or you know that type of thing and just like chit chat and brainstorm now you can do this over this platform which is brilliant yeah no i'm, I'm delighted so be about podcast is all about the people and the stories behind the people so where did it all begin for you where were you born um i was born in dublin um so i'm from swords county dublin um, we did move around quite a little bit um, when I was small. So um, I, I've lived in Swords predominantly, um, but we did move when I was about five to another part of Swords. Then we moved out to Rush and my mom and dad were going to build their own house. Um, but the plan and permission fell through. So we ended up moving back to Swords. And we as kids, I have three brothers. And um, you're the only girl. Yeah, I'm the only girl. Yes, yes. Uh, three brothers. And as teenagers, I guess at that point, we were living in Rush and we were like devastated that we were living in Rush. And now as an adult, I'm like, it's only down the road from Swords. Yeah. But at the time, it was such a drastic thing for us as kids to move out of Swords. I think I was like 13 or 14 at the time. And it was just like the, like the end of everything. Like I was like, I'm never going to see my friends again. <laughs> I just started secondary school and it was just like, it was, it was just very strange. Um, but we only lasted about a year out there anyway. And uh, we had um, my, my parents' heads wrecked and we moved back to Swords then. And that's kind of where we stayed. And where do you lie in the siblings? Where, what um, number so are you? Second oldest. Okay. Um, but I, the running joke of my family is that I'm the eldest. Um, I think it's probably the same with most girls in a family like you know if they only have brother siblings and um, but yeah I'm second oldest so I've one above me and two below me so but we're all quite close in age my eldest brother's only two years older than me my brother that's just below me and um, there's only about 10 months between us 11 months so we're like Irish twins yeah um, and then my baby brother there's like eight years between me and him so okay, lovely and did you all yeah. go to the same school or did you go to single sex schools um, we went to the same primary school and then we went to single sex schools for secondary school. Um, I was definitely somebody in primary school that was like, I am definitely going to an all-girls school. I had enough of sharing school with boys. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I'm going to an all-girls school. I don't want to be in another classroom with boys. Um, so I was adamant on going to Loretto. 
and so I went to Loretto Swords which was all girls school so that's where I ended up. Brilliant and what what uh what were you like at school academic sporty were you an um like I think I was definitely a mixed bag like I was like quite shy growing up and like I had shy elements to my personality but I also had strength in my personality that I wasn't really afraid to try things or do things so it was a bit of a weird combination of personality and but I definitely was somebody like I wasn't academic I liked school um, but I think I liked buying new stationery and I liked getting a new pencil case and the social side of school and, you know, messing and hanging around with pals and stuff. But when it came down to the actual work stuff, um, I wasn't particularly great at it. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't overly academic, but I did get involved in sports. Like I was on a hockey team for years in school. I was on the athletics team tried out basketball um, and you'd laugh because I'm only five foot one so basketball definitely wasn't a sport for me <laughs> um, and then like I was obviously into creative stuff like I had I did art as one of my subjects and that was my favorite subject in school and my favorite class and um, I don't know if it's particularly great at it um, from like you know a making point of view or painting and drawing and stuff like that but I definitely had this creative side to me like my mom would tell stories of when I was a child that she'd just find me cutting up paper into different shapes and so she'd just find paper everywhere of me making stuff out of it or you doing creating yeah yeah exactly yeah so um I, it was kind of a mixed bag I guess um in school uh, but definitely not really the academic did you person. like it though I, I wasn't academic at all at school but I loved school I loved the social element and 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 yeah friends I definitely like enjoyed it but I do remember there was a point when I got to fifth year um I think I well I, was, I think I just started in sixth year actually and I remember turning to my mom being like I don't know why I'm here like none of nothing of what I'm doing is of what I want to do I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was older but I knew that nothing I was doing at school was going to help um, well, it definitely didn't feel that way anyway at the time. And I remember just being like, can I just leave? Can I just get a job somewhere? I just wanted to get stuck into working and getting out there and earning my own money. Um, but she was like, sorry, that's my dog. She was up on the chair beside <laughs> me. Um, but my mom was just like, look, you know, you've only got an academic year left. Just try it out. Give it a bash. There's no pressure. Uh, just do your best. Enjoy your last year. You'll regret it down the line. And I'm definitely... Like, I'm so grateful that she made me stick it out. Like, not made me, but, like, suggested I should because I definitely would have regretted not doing my leaving cert. Um, I didn't use my leaving cert to go on to college or anything like that. But I definitely think that final year in school does mature you a bit um, and does set you up and get you ready for the next part of your life, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a really difficult one. I mean, obviously, this year's been different with no exams and, and people worried and... People worry every year about the leaving cert, and I always think it's fascinating that people are expected to know what they want to do when they're that age. Because yeah, I I I mean I'm I don't know still, and I'm yeah it, like I definitely did not know what I wanted to do, and definitely I was definitely a student that felt like I didn't know what part of the future I fitted into. Like I wasn't getting 600 points and going to trinity like that just wasn't on the cards for me um, and it didn't appeal to me either like there wasn't a course out there that i was like this is amazing this is what i'm going to do 
um, I just never knew what I wanted to do. And I remember having a chat with a career guidance um, teacher and them just saying to me, like, you know, you know, prodding being like, well, what do you like to do? What do you want to do? And I was just like, oh, I, like, I don't know. I was like, I like beauty and I like, you know, hair and like this type of thing. And it was real like back then, like you're going back over 20 years ago when I left. And back then it was just like beauty and stuff was something that you did if you were stupid. Yeah. And it was like very much felt that way when you had a conversation with career guidance. They were just like, no, like you could do something a little bit better than that. Like, what about an office job? What about getting into administration and stuff like that? Um, so I kind of left that conversation being like, I still don't know what I want to do. I guess in my heart, I knew like beauty and all that sort of stuff would suit me because it is a creative industry. It's a social industry and stuff like that. Um, but then I had this part of someone telling me that I could do better than that. Um, so it definitely like confused me I suppose leaving school of making decisions and what to do and I ended up doing a PLC course joining a PLC course because my friend was doing it and ironically it was in multimedia and um like I remember in being in it two months and just being like this isn't for me it was very slow paced I like now looking back I was like I'm definitely someone who just wanted to get out and work I wanted to get out and earn my own money um, I wanted to like put myself into that environment. I didn't want to sit around and just like sit in college and do something that wasn't really, I wasn't sure if it was something I wanted to yes. do. Um, so I left and I got a job as a secretary in a solicitor's office. Um, and I worked there for about a year, I'd say. And then I got another job in insurance in Hibernia. It's now the Aviva. Uh, and I worked there for eight or nine years. Um, in insurance before I went into what wow. I'm doing now yeah which is crazy <laughs> yeah, yeah I can't imagine you in insurance yeah you know, it always fascinates me and I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about beauty and um the the advice that they were given and I actually trained as a beautician in 2004 and I only did the first year because I was going in I, I knew I was going to go into that field yeah. and um I couldn't get over how difficult it was and actually and then someone said to me but the, the physiology and anatomy shot is first year nursing. Yes. And I was like, yeah. so if you'd said to them, I'd like to be a nurse, they would have encouraged that. So Absolutely. It, like, yeah, absolutely. It, it's mad how misinformation, like I, I, I have so much respect for beauticians and anybody in, in that realm now. After doing the first year, um, and I trained at Galligan's, God, it's such a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but I was rubbish. I used to copy off the girl next to me. <laughs> she was fantastic. Um, Lisa, her name was. I'll never forget her. But, um, but yeah, so, God, so insurance. Yeah, I can't imagine it. What, what, yeah, and I loved it. Did you love it? I loved it. I, to this day, would say it's the best place I ever worked. Like, I had such a good time working there. Yeah, and so how old were you when you started with so I would I would have been 18 starting in Hibernian and actually how I got the job was um a guy I was going out with at the time a, friend, a pal of his was working there and she got a bonus of a thousand pounds if she could get somebody in for a job back when they used to do that yeah. and um she was like to me do you want to come and work where I work it's great crack like we go for drinks on Friday you know you get paid x amount and I was like yes 
So um, went for the interview, got the job, and she got her thousand pounds. Hopefully, she split it with you. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually then ended up bringing in loads of friends that like, you know, yeah. we were looking for jobs at the time. I don't know. At the time, I think they were just looking for young, vibrant people. Um, and it was just like computer work. Like we we're just inputting data and stuff like that. Then eventually, like I moved up the ranks and I assisted underwriters. And then I went on to the Dublin team. And, you know, you're kind of like wing woman, I suppose, for um, the brokers that were out in the field and you looked after them and their work and stuff like that. Um, but I just remember it. It's just such a fun place to work. Um, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Like really, really enjoyed it. Why did you leave? Yeah, so um, I went to Australia. <laughs> I was waiting for the travel. So yeah, so so twenty six. Yeah, I would have been twenty five. I think it was going to Australia. Okay. Um, twenty four, twenty five, and I just remember, like at the time, my parents split up. Um, my nana had passed away, um, not so long ago, and there was just a lot going on at home. And um, I just remember feeling like I needed to, now looking back, I can say I was running away. But yeah. at the time I was just like, I just feel very trapped. I feel like, you know, there's more to life and I want to get out there and see the world a bit. Um, so one of my friends, um, the two of us had decided this is what we were going to do and we'd have the crack and go and do it. And um, so we planned, I left work and I sold my car and like all that sort of stuff. And um, I think it was about a week before we were due to go. Um, she got some like medical news that she needed like surgery and she wasn't going to be able to go to Australia. So her parents were like, oh, you hang on and wait until the end of the summer. So this was like May time. And they were like, can you wait till the end of the summer? And I just knew in my heart, if I waited, I wouldn't go. And I had sold everything. Like I was like, what am I supposed to do for three months? Like waiting. So I decided to go by myself. <laughs> So oh, off I went. <laughs> um, and I just, I remember we talk about it now, me and my mom. And she just says, she just remembers like, cause I'm, I'm quite small and petite. Yeah. And she's like, she just remembers this little dot with a big bag going through airport security. And all she wanted to say was like, don't go, don't <laughs> go. But as a parent being like, you have to let them go. Like, yeah. um, and I cried the whole way over. I cried for about a week over there on my own being like, what have I done? Like I've gone to the other side of the world. I'm not like, like I'm not overly like extroverted person. I'm not yeah. out there. And um, so I do find it hard to like approach people to make friends. Like, um, and I was like, what have I done? Like I just totally threw myself into an environment that would petrify me. Yeah. Like that petrifies me, but I did it. And it's like one of the best things I ever did in life like a hundred percent like and did that change you forever are, are you still as shy as you were or do you remember those times that you had to step out of your comfort zone yeah like I definitely think like I can look back now and go that was there that was a time in my life at that period of time that definitely changed me and um, I don't know if it made me come out of my shell a little bit more I think my business did that for me um, but I definitely do think it changed me. Um, like there were times over there, like when I look back now, I was 100% running away from responsibility and facing issues at home and stuff like that. Um, and I often wonder if I had have had the maturity to like self-check and be like, you know, this is what's going on. I probably would have had a different experience over there. 
where I just went over there, went straight to work. And again, in that mode of like just working all the time. And, you know, it what took me... What were you doing over there? Um, so I did waitressing. I worked in like a media company, doing admin, like anything I could get, yeah. I was doing to get money like. Um, but I do remember there was a point where one day I was in work and I worked in a coffee shop and it was like, I, like I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning to be there at six um, traveled an hour to get to it would work all day on my feet get home about four or five in the evening and I was like what am I doing I could be at home I could have a car yeah. have a great job at home like because I was just working all week and going out at the weekend and were you living with people did you meet new people there? yeah I did so what happened actually was that when I was over there by myself I messaged I was messaging a friend at home and a friend of hers um, who I didn't know at the time had just moved over to Sydney by herself and she wasn't particularly having a great time where she was living. And um, so my other friend at home surprised me with a ticket to Sydney to go and live with her. Oh, so right. I ended, yeah. So I jumped on a plane. She met me at the airport. We didn't know each other. And um, we went house hunting, got a house and had the time of our life in Australia together. We're still good friends to this day. Yeah. Like, um, so, yeah. So like it was just it was just a really interesting time. Um, but I do remember a point where I was working so much and just went like, what am I doing here? What's the point of this? Um, and I just decided to quit my job, convince the two girls I was living with to do the same. And we went, um, we just went up the coast, traveling up the coast for a couple of weeks um, with no money. Like, but they are my, they're my best memories um, of what we try to do to survive uh, those couple of weeks with no job, but no money. Um, I didn't know. Yeah, no, not as extreme. Um, but we did do, um, there, there is a story of a mud wrestling competition to win a few bob. <laughs> and all we won was a few drinks, but it, it was good for the night. <laughs> um, but they're just amazing stories to have and experiences. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, then after that, we kind of ran out of money. And I remember speaking to my parents and you know, the usual, they'd sent over money and all that jazz. Um, and I just remember my dad being like, you know, come on. He's like, you can't keep doing this. He's like, you need to make a decision what you're going to do here. Um, and he actually, um, a friend of his had set up like, a, was involved in an insurance company back at home. And they were looking for me to come, out, come home and to run it, basically. And um, so it was an opportunity that I, felt like I couldn't refuse because it would help me, I suppose, grow in from a business point of view. Um, so I ended up flying home and working in that company for two years, yeah. And where were you living then? Were you living by yourself, back with your parents? I moved back in with my parents. So I was with, my mom and dad were separated at the time, so I lived with my mom at the time. Um, so I had to move back home, um, which was quite difficult after being away for a year. Um, but yeah, like it, it was okay. But I walked straight back into a job and that was like the best part of it, I guess. Yes. Because I ha still had independence. Like, you know, I was still earning think, money uh, and stuff like that. The moving home is the weird one. I, I moved out at 16 and I never moved back home. But I watched my sisters do the travel. And then I found, and I was like, oh my God, they're so independent. They're really going for it. And then I found when they moved back with my mum, they kind of regressed. Yeah. And became young again, you know, and I was like, hang on a minute, you used to do this for yourself. So what's going on? You need to move out. You need to. So it's, it's difficult, I think, at, at first. But I think going back, you know, having that job there for you is a, a massive difference. Yeah, it definitely helped because I don't know how I would have felt 
because like I was like like I'm going to say old I was only 24 25 when I went to Australia but it was old in terms of traveling a lot of people went straight after school and things like that and so I had experienced money I had experienced buying my own car like you know so when I got back I was so lucky there was a job there because I don't know how I would have fared out or coped not having that independence of being able to get a car or like buy my own stuff or go out at the weekend or you know that type of way yeah. and so I definitely think it helped when I moved back home and what year was that that you moved back home so that would have been I think it was 2006 maybe I think it was um so that's kind of a point of where I came back going okay I've got this job I'm now back in insurance different type of insurance and I was doing a different type of job but it made me go, is this what I want to do? Like, do I want to work insurance? Or are we going to sit down and be real about this and decide what it is actually that you want to do now? Yeah. Because I'm, you know, 26 or whatever at this stage. And I'm like, I need to make a decision on what I want to do. Um, and that's kind of where I started looking at beauty again and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, right, well, I could work full time and I'll go and do beauty at the weekends. So that's what I did. I signed up to a course on Saturdays. Um, and I went to do that and I think I was about probably a month or two into that course uh, when we started to touch on makeup and that's when I was like I really love this like the makeup side of things I love um, and when I signed up to the beauty course I signed up to it on the premise of I wanted to open a spa yeah but I wanted to run it like a business I didn't want to be the beauty therapist in the spa so I signed up to do the beauty course so I could learn what I should like, what my staff should know or what we should be offering the public and stuff like that. So I didn't really do it for myself as such to go out and work in it. But that is such an important lesson. That's the only reason why I did it because I knew yeah. I was going to take over as the spa and, and, and I did that successfully because I understood what they would yeah. do and how long everything took. You know, I had people and like it's it's quite an intelligent move. And I only know that now, 10 years later, like or 12, 13 years later, I only know that now that that was actually quite an intelligent move by me, like business wise. Um, but I probably didn't realize how clever that was at the time. I was just like, oh, I'll go and do this. Um, and I was about two months into that. And I started uh, makeup or I did. They touched on makeup and I really enjoyed it. And um, so then I start looking at makeup courses because in the anybody that's done beauty knows that the makeup side of it within that beauty course isn't particularly advanced. It's very old school. And going back 15 years ago or whatever length of time it was, it, it wasn't as advanced, advanced. It was just basic technique. Um, and I wanted more from it. So I, I joined a course at the time. It was um, LA Makeup Academy, which was a huge college at the time. I went there. Um, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people did in the makeup industry back in the yeah. day. Um, but they were like the monopoly of makeup back at the time. Like they Absolutely. were hugely, hugely expensive as well at the time. Um, but I joined a course with them. So I was working full time, doing makeup two evenings a week and doing beauty at the weekend. Because I'm the type of person that just wants it all straight away and wants it all now. So I had to do it all straight away. Um, and it was then when I started doing the makeup, I was like, oh, actually, I don't want to own a spa. I want to do this. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoy doing this. I love the transformation. I love how it makes you feel. I was already doing makeup on friends and stuff like that. I don't know why it didn't enter my head as a career point. Um, and that's kind of what I ended up doing then was focusing on that. And 
did work experience in makeup. Um, and then my insurance job that I was working in, the company that I was working in ended up being a fraudulent company. So it shut down. Yeah, scandal. Um, it was insane. Um, it was just mental, the place that I worked in. It was like just mad. Um, and looking back, like I learned so much of what not to do in business. So it was yeah. like, I can appreciate it now because I feel like, oh, that was part of my journey to learn for what I'm doing now. Um, and I learned so much in that space of time of how not to, to do things. Um, so then I was kind of like, I fell into another insurance job, um, which funny enough was literally just around the corner from that. Um, but I knew at that point I was just working in that job to earn money to help me get to where I actually want to be. And I think that was the first point in my life that I had a plan that I was like, okay, this is the next step. Um, so then after that, um, I had done my makeup course. I was doing freelance and stuff like that. Um, and then I went to an open day in a college in Drogheda and just went up. They were just having an open day. So I'd go up and have a look around. Um, and they were offering this like teacher training course. Um, and I was really intrigued in it because at that time I was doing, um, a friend of mine had uh, dance studios and I would use one of her studios and I was teaching young girls how to do makeup and stuff like that. I have no sisters. So I was like, oh, this will be really cool. I'll teach other girls how to do their makeup who don't have sisters. Um, and I was doing a bit of that in my spare time. But again, like not being too serious about it all. It was just, I really loved doing it. So this is what I was going to do. Um, and then I went to that open day and they had this teacher training um, qualification. So I signed up to that. Um, and it was only when I started doing that that I was like, teaching is something I'm really interested in. It's something I really enjoy doing. Um, and then it, when I was doing those kids classes, adults started to approach me being like, well, could you show us how to do our makeup? Um, and that's probably the point of where I said, this could be something that I could do. And yeah. this is something that I really enjoy doing um, I always knew from a young age I wanted to own my own business I knew from the age of 12 13 that I wanted to own my own business I just didn't know in what yes. and I guess now looking back that's probably why I was so lost leaving school because I had this idea of owning my own business but I just didn't know like in, in what area it would be in and then here I was falling into a place of where I really enjoy this there's nothing really around um, other than LA Makeup Academy at yeah. the time. So, and I was on, I was in the north side of Dublin, so I wouldn't even touch them. So I was like, there's nothing on this side of the city. Maybe this is something that I could do. Um, and I did it. Yeah. I think it's I such did. an exciting time when you make that realization in your head that you're going to do it. Mm. Did the fear set in? Do you know what? I get asked that a lot about fear and I can honestly say at that time I don't know if I was just naive at the time but I never had any fear and at this point it was the recession yeah like the recession was in full swing in the meantime of all of this I bought a house and everything and um, so to quit my job and to start something like this that I'd never done before you know that I'd never tried before and um, was a huge risk and it's only now it's 
like 37 and I'm like that was a massive risk that you made there 10 years ago like that was huge I always Um, think that that fear has the same feelings as excitement um and I don't ever think of it as fear I I get excited about business and the bad decisions and the good decisions they're all there for a reason absolutely yeah um but yeah no that's exciting so where, where did you first open so I opened in Swords, where I was from. Yeah. But um, funny enough, when I opened it, I didn't really tell anybody it was mine because I'm from the area. So I was like, oh, like if I just not say, like really put my name to it, then it might help people like come and do a course. Because sometimes in those communities where they're small, if they know who owns it, they might be embarrassed to come and do it or for a million reasons they might do it. Um, so I was just like, well, I won't really tell people that it's, it's my thing. So gave it its own name and I didn't really, I didn't push myself in it. I pushed the business where I think now business is a little bit different where it's more personal and people push themselves and then the business comes from that. Uh, where back then I was like hiding behind the business and my business was what I was pushing. Um, so I started in Swords and I was there for a couple of years, but like my success kind of just happened. Like I remember our first day we opened the doors and we had this kind of like pamper day where people could just come in, have a look around. It's just a small little office room like that yeah. we turned into a studio and um, get their makeup done, get their hair done, have the chats like, um, and that was kind of it. And people did come, which was amazing. Yeah. And um, I signed up my first 10 students on, on that day. Like, and then after that, I just kept getting students in the door and, it just kept going and going and within like I think it was a year and a half in the office space and then then the room next door came available so I took that then we were there for about I'd say three years maybe and um I just it blown up I was working seven days a week I had staff at this point um I was looking at new premises but at the same time I was looking at new premises we were getting a lot of interest from the city center and I was like should I move open a second one in the city center so anybody who knows me knows I don't do anything by half so um I moved premises in swords to huge premises like four state-of-the-art studios I had a makeup room like everything in it and then at the same time um I opened up in the city center as well um but it, it it worked like we were packed in swords the city centre, within six months, I had to take more space within that building. We eventually had the whole building. Um, and like, I think I was only in the city centre short of two years. Um, we moved again to bigger premises because of the demand. Um, but like now, where I'm at now, because we've, we've moved premises again in the city centre, I've downsized it and stuff like that. Um, I can look back now and say that I was just riding a wave of hyper growth. And not having a lot of experience in business I obviously have it now going through those different stages and it was hyper growth and it was like the growth was like actually doing damage to the business because we couldn't keep up with demand and instead of slowing down and like micromanaging and trying to like you know keep everything in control and we just skyrocketed it just boomed makeup just became everything to everybody and it was like no matter who you were you were doing a makeup course whether it was for yourself or as a career we had hundreds and thousands of students through the doors like it was amazing it did it just suddenly exploded though didn't it 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 really did like it makeup became something 
way outside of what I knew it as when I trained. It was very different to what it is. I just remember today. that time when it went, you know, even like on the catwalk, it wasn't uh, just the clothes, it was like who designed the look for the makeup yeah. and, you know, and who painted the nails and, and it just, yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I don't know if that just came alongside social media or like if they probably both have a part to play in it because yeah. then we start to see it everywhere a little bit more. And um, so they probably did coincide a little bit, but I, I just remember at some point being like, Oh my God, like everybody wanted to do makeup. And we had like, at one point we had 158 full-time students. Like that's 158 girls and guys that were training to have a career in makeup. And like, so we had a period of, I'd say three to four years of hyper growth where it was just hundreds of students all of the time. We were six months booked out in advance for our courses. Like we couldn't keep up with demand. And that was when I had a staff of, I think I had probably a staff of maybe 23 or 24 at the time. Crazy, like crazy, crazy times. And how did you cope at that time? You know, because that's a lot of pressure. And mm. for, for, well, you know, any, any business under five years is a fledgling business. So how did you um, I can say now I didn't cope. Um, I didn't know that I wasn't coping. I was hugely stressed and yeah. um, very stressed. Felt a lot of pressure and felt very alone in business. When I look back now, probably went very introvert in away from family and friends and stuff like that um, they only knew what was happening on the surface um, any time if I had a night out with friends my I wasn't present um, all I was thinking about was what had to be done what needs to be done I was on my phone the whole time and um, couldn't concentrate on anything else this was the be all and end all this had all of my focus and all of my attention which is so unhealthy like so yeah. so unhealthy um, but I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, this is what you have to do to be successful. You have to get on this treadmill and you have to keep running. And you, it, you, know, you can only get off it when you're successful. But now when I look at it, like you measure your own success. Society doesn't measure success. You measure your own. And I didn't realize that then. I was like, I was in this race with myself and I was never going to win it because you'd always want something more and something more and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I can only say that now, um, I suppose like there are moments, there are things that happened within business or within myself, um, in life that have made me take a step back and look at everything and just be like, like, why are you doing this? Like, yes. you know, why are you working? Like, sometimes I could be away 24 hours. Like, I'm like, like, why are you doing this? What's the point? Like, what's the end result? You know, I don't live in a mansion. I don't drive a sports car. I don't have a jet. I don't go on holidays all the time. And um, so, like, I'm not getting those rewards from it. Yeah, so you're like, um, the why, why are you doing this? You know, why is always very, very important. Yeah, and you just spend your time looking after everybody else, and you're kind of the last person. And you know, I just had to reevaluate all that and just be like, you know, why am I doing this? Um, and they're just questions I think I've only answered in the last three years. I've only got to that point in um, the last two to three years, really. Um, I'd say three years ago, four years ago was probably, you know, a huge point in my life that made me stop. Um, I think I probably had a bit of a breakdown. Um, I was definitely not in a great place mentally and stuff like that. Um, and it was probably 
it, when all that happened, like, you know, it was like the catalyst to everything. It made me stop and just go, okay, what's going on here? We need to look at this. This isn't right, you know? I think um, the body is a good gauge and does tell us when, you know, it will certainly let us know when we need to stop and reevaluate. Yeah. And I, cause I just think I, I've always been a worker. Like I've always been, you know, since I left school, I went to work when I was in school, I worked, you know, I just worked all the time and my parents work very hard. And, um, I just had that work ethic that if you want something, you went out and worked for it. Um, but I missed out like that took over my whole entire life instead of getting that balance. Um, you know, so yeah. it was just so important when I took that, that when everything kind of came to a head, that you know, I was able to self check and reevaluate and just be like, okay, what's going on here? This has gotten way out of hand. You know, the college has grown to a point that I never imagined, or I don't think I actually ever wanted. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like a huge moment to realize that, like, did I actually, like, I do remember actually before I opened town, um, having a conversation with my mom. And like, I just remember going, like, this is the point of do I stay what I'm doing as it is? it's working. I'm earning a few bob, you know, I get to have that personal experience with people or do I take it to the next level? If I take this to the next level, this could go huge. Like, and in that split second, I made the decision of I'm going big, let's go, you know? And now I'm like, I know, but when that hits you and you know, what changes did you make at that point when you decided, you know, I've, I've got to take stock of myself? Um, so I, a relationship ended, um, that was probably a huge catalyst. I was in a relationship for 10 years. Yeah. I'd, we'd house together. We were engaged to get married. Um, and it was six months before the wedding. And I don't know, I think I'd been struggling for a long time without anybody knowing. And I just like internally, and I wouldn't be great at expressing or talking to people about it. Um, and I just had this internal struggle. And I remember it got to a point of where, like, I was going out a lot. And, you know, I think I was trying to, like, escape from something, but I don't know what it was. Now I know I was trying to escape from myself, the life that I was living. Yeah. Um, and I just remember at that time, it was like six months before my wedding, and I, we, we called off the wedding, and then the relationship ended. That's and, like, that was huge. Yeah, it was very traumatic. And I can only see it now, how traumatic it was. Like, I felt guilt. I'd say a good few years afterwards for you know ending that relationship and guilty because I'd never been in a position where I looked after myself or put myself first I always put everybody else first and so that was different for me that was a new feeling for me and I felt guilty to do it but I knew it was right to do it and it was just really difficult time and I just think that that was the catalyst for a lot of things that happened in my life it made me stop I was like so upset over that situation um, on, for many different reasons. Um, but it just made me stop and it made me look at everything, at why I was so upset, why I was so sad. Um, you know, I'd probably been sad for a long time, probably a bit of depression there, probably like, you know, anxiety kicked in. I started to get panic attacks. I was like telling my mom they're not panic attacks. There's something wrong with my chest. Yeah. Made her bring a doctor to, they gave me an inhaler that had nothing in it so that when I had a panic attack I would take it and um, so it's just like a, a placebo thing because yes. it was just a mental thing because I couldn't accept that this was how my life was now I'm I, I'm Grant I can cope with this and um, so it didn't sit well with me that I wasn't coping 
Um, so I definitely think that that, those, that that event that happened in my life made me stop and look at things um, and question things and just really go into myself and ask myself, like, what makes me happy? I couldn't remember. Like, I, I, I couldn't remember what happiness felt like. I didn't have any other feeling apart from stress inside or anxiety. So and that becomes your normal. And when that's your yeah. normal, yeah. I always say, like, I don't mind having the memories of those bad times because now I know what good times feel like. Yeah. But if that becomes your normal for such a long time, you forget all those memories. You, you, yeah. And you really do. And I remember, like, um, you know, I, I, I met Killian throughout all of that yeah. as well. And, like, he's such a positive person. I definitely think what drew me to him, you know, I can only explain he has this aura about him that I know anybody that comes into his company wants to stay in his company. Um, I always tell him, have you ever read that book, The Secret? Yes. I always tell him he, he is the secret. Like yeah. he, he, he is the secret without actually knowing that that's what he is. Um, and I just was drawn to him because of this energy. Um, you know, he's very independent. He was like doing his own thing. And he just had this amazing outlook at life. Like he could walk through a forest and be like, isn't this amazing? We get to do this. I was like, what? Like, I don't think I've looked up at a tree in years. Like, you know, um, so he just gave me this different perspective to life. So I started questioning life and I started questioning, like, what is my purpose here? Like, what am I doing? And what I want to feel in life and what I want to get from it. And then I started realizing that like, you know, you know, what is happiness for me? And I don't think I felt happiness in a long, long time. I have happy moments and I've, you know, and, and things like that. But like that other contentment, I suppose, and calm inside where I was just going around with this fire in my chest for years um, of stress and anxiety. Like, um, so he definitely helped me with that. And, you know, I went and uh, got professional help. Like I went to a counselor and it was only through that process. I've been doing it for two years. I go every week still. Yeah, best decision I ever made um, and now I feel so calm inside so it's not that I don't have stressful times or moments or you know life can still be stressful but it doesn't consume me and it doesn't take over and it doesn't become the be all and end all there is more to life you know I think it makes a massive difference if you can find someone in your life like you did and unfortunately well I'd say fortunately it's very hard to remember why <laughs> how amazing my husband is during COVID <laughs> yeah. because I could kill him some days but, but no he brought that to me too um because I am quite highly strung and I like to you know and he'd be like why why would you be doing that I just don't you know you know, yeah. like, we have to meet at eight o'clock. So we have to be there at five minutes twenty. He's like, "Why? What's going to happen if you're not there at five to eight? Like, what is the, what's the panic?" And I was like, yeah. "And it does. It just grounds you." And it really um, does. Yeah. And my friends would always say, "Lee made you a better person." Yeah. And then you know, you know, then you found the right person for you. And it's mad because like my past relationship wasn't bad. Like yeah, he's no, just a, different. A great person like and you know I still have a lot of love for that person but it was just me that that wasn't present or was like I wasn't like the fuller fullest version of myself for whatever reason and through whatever has happened through life and so just it just at that time that's what happened and it just felt very overwhelming I suppose and 
leading into like getting married and like having a wedding and like the stress of all that and it was just very overwhelming and it just made me really question everything in my whole entire life yeah. um, and then I just became so unsure of the, dis- the, the, the decisions that I was making and um, so I just had to like stop and remove myself from it and look after myself and um, despite the pain and the hurt that I would have caused to other people and um, I just had to for myself and you know it was crap at the time it was so hard and there was a lot of heartache at the time for myself and for people that were involved but now like it was the best thing that I did in terms of for myself I'm a better person and I'm a stronger person so going into a new relationship I'm bringing a better version of myself into that and it's more balanced there's more communication there because I'm stronger in it and so I definitely think you know when you're in that place in life where you think this person's for you or whatever, you know, you have to be in the right place as well to bring something to that relationship. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's different with me and Killian is that we both bring, like we're both strong in ourselves now in this relationship. So there's no compensating one off the other. Cause sometimes that happens in relationships, you know, where there is no compensation. It's just, we work together in it. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. I think you're cute together. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a keeper. You must keep him. But uh, so, where does that bring you to today? Oh God. <laughs> um, so we closed the doors on the 14th of March, um, because obviously COVID. Yeah. Um, and you know, it is very tough. Like I know we spoke about just before we started, where you were saying the first couple of weeks you found really tough. I would have been the same. I found it very tough. My heart broke like I I was broken I was just like this is the end I don't know how I'm going to get out of this this is going to go on for months and I had to let go all of my staff and I didn't know how I was going to pay rent you know there was like all this stuff going on I lost two of my premises and like the leases and stuff like that and it's just really tough I just they're just really tough decisions that you have to make I don't have a business partner so I'm to make these decisions by myself you can't really like I can't confide in staff because they could get worried as well and so it's just really really tough but I definitely feel in the last week or so I'm feeling a bit more positive since they announced this phase so I feel like there's a date I'm like okay I just need to work to this date I can put stuff in place to get me to that point obviously it's going to be really hard financially I think our like the makeup industry the beauty industry is like one of the hardest hit yeah. Uh, because we physically touch people's faces um, and we're all up there in their business <laughs> and so I like I definitely think you know it's a tough one and only time will tell I just learned that I I've no control over this and um, I used to get so caught up in things I couldn't control that used yeah. to stress me out where I'm in a better place so I think you know if this had happened five years ago I think it would have been the end of me Um but now I'm stronger. So I'm like, I can't control this. And, you know, as terrible as it sounds, but the whole country's going through it, the whole world is going through it. So, you know, if it doesn't work out or if I do do lose my business or anything like that, I'm not going to be the only one that's suffering. Yeah. There are other people out there. Like there are businesses that have already shut down, huge businesses. And there's been like hundreds of jobs lost and stuff. So um, no, I think as it's terrible good. as it sounds, it helps. Yeah, but and everything you've been through has brought you to this point to make you be able to cope with it. 
That's and I it think is, that's yeah. that's the, that's the real genius of, of you know of life that every thing that that makes us battle just actually makes us better. Yeah. And I, I like sometimes I, I laugh and I'm like, you know, of all the things I've gone through in business over the 10 years that could have wiped me out, I'm like, this feckin' virus <laughs> isn't going to do it either. I keep calling them wobbles and I, I definitely still have a wobble. I had a wobble on Monday. A few things didn't go my way. And I, at three o'clock, I said, I'm just stopping work today, sat out in the garden, cracked open a bottle of wine and chilled out for the evening because I couldn't change anything that day. I just yeah. had to park it and wait till Tuesday. And, and the week has worked out beautifully. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think that's so important. And it's definitely something I learned um, in the last kind of year or so is that like to just allow yourself to feel those emotions. Like, you know, I used to beat myself up that, you know, you're not allowed to have an d- off day if you sat in front of the TV for an hour, I used to like kill myself for that because yeah. I wasted an hour. Like where now I'm like, if I have a day and I'm sitting in front of the TV, I'm like, yeah, this is what yeah. I just have to do to get through. I know tomorrow I'm going to be better. I'll work 10 times harder tomorrow. Do you know, not beat yourself up over having that glass of wine or taking a break. Do you know, we're entitled to it. <laughs> Absolutely. And more, it's Friday, definitely today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a couple of questions from our jar. So these have come from your predecessors. Um, oh, so they're just quick questions. Okay. First one here. One thing you can't live without. Oh, my dog, Belle. <laughs> and finally, what three words best describe you? Um, oh, God. Um, I would say, oh, this is so tough. Three things that describe me. Um, I would say hardworking. Um, I'd be a softy, but also tough, if that makes sense. That's fair. I will say nothing wrong with being fair. Listen, yeah. baby, thank you so, so much for your time today. I, listen, thanks I, so much for having me. Oh, not at all. I wish you all the best. I can't wait to see what you do next because you're an oh, absolute surgeon. So um, so yeah, good luck. And we'll be watching avidly to see where this goes. Thanks so much.